See, they just don't make them like they used to, which is why Carolina Classic Cars is your one-stop shop for everything classic. Check out our showroom just off Highway 64 near Asheboro or hop on our website at thecarolinaclassiccars.com. Carolina Classic Cars, let's go for a ride. Welcome to Crash Radio, sponsored by Carolina Classic Cars on WKXR 94.9 FM. Crash Radio is created by Rhino Leap Productions, a company producing theater, music, dance, and documentaries in North Carolina. Every episode of Crash Radio focuses on local musicians, writers, and storytellers sharing their work in front of live audiences in Asheboro, North Carolina. The content is then edited for broadcast. This episode was recorded live at the Table Farmhouse Bakery and Cafe. The Table offers locally sourced food in a warm, welcoming environment. For my daughter Dusty, the Table is a symbol of acceptance, of sharing, and of fellowship. That's why she and her team are committed to bringing that symbol to our community in order to strengthen friendships and neighboring businesses alike and to offer the highest quality food we can find. Come join us for a meal at downtown Ashboro, or if you'd like an event catered, you can find information on the website at thetablefarmbakery.com and at the table there's always room for one more our first guests are luke and rosemary skaggs they met and fell in love over their mutual passion for songwriting and playing music both rosemary and luke are part of the cageless birds collective where they write and play music with a group of other local songwriters and musicians they currently live in ashboro north carolina with their little boy lyric salem these songs will be included on their upcoming album um, and so we have a little at-home music studio. And so this past year we um, recorded a five-song EP. While our son was asleep. While our son was asleep. While we were exhausted. It's very tired. Um, <laughs> not really. Um, but yeah, we're going to share two songs with you tonight that are off that EP. So hope you enjoy. Um, this first song is called Winter. against the sky
Next is Barbara Presnell. Barbara is the author of five poetry books. Recent poetry and essays appear in South Writ Large, The Southern Review, Story South, and War Literature and the Arts. She teaches writing at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, is an Ashboro native, and lives in Lexington, North Carolina. On the last day of May, two weeks into summer break from my university teaching job, my car is smashed to smithereens. Fortunately, I'm not in it. It's parked curbside in the downtown shopping district of my hometown. The reckless driver of the other car has forced open the crunch door of his red Jeep Cherokee, smoke coughing up from its hood, left his cell phone on the passenger seat, and run. At the restaurant across the street, moments after the crash, the owner saw the driver, blood coursing down the side of his face, I offered him some water, a place to sit down. He said he was fine, kept going, she tells the investigating officer. A fire truck, a rescue vehicle, and two police cars circled the scene, their blue and red lights bubbling. And uniformed and plain-clothed officers gather, as does most of the audience that has just let out of the play we've all been attending. The trunk of my Subaru Outback has been shoved into the rear seat. The impact of the hit, so solid, it's knocked my car a full parking space forward. It's a violent act, and I feel the pain of both loss and near miss. You were lucky, everybody says, and that car is totaled. Throughout the next month, events continue to happen in sequence, as though arranged by a God with an offbeat sense of humor and a lesson to teach me. Two weeks after the crash, my Enterprise rental car is hit by a woman who backs into me in the bank parking lot. She insists we share responsibility, but damage to the side of my rental and the rear of her Prius tells a different story. I'm not hurt, just angry and shaken. Two weeks after that, while visiting my son's house in upstate New York, I misjudged the single step down into his living room and fall, hitting my head on the windowsill. It's after dark. I'm reaching around the door frame for the light switch. I'm in my sock feet. I don't go unconscious. I'm not dizzy or nauseous. I ice the rising lump on my head, watch an hour's worth of a Netflix movie. The next day, my husband Bill and I hike the Audubon Trail near Millbrook. I note some trouble driving I-81 south on the trip back home to North Carolina, but I attribute it to the unfamiliar highway and summer vacation travelers already clogging the roads. Two weeks later, I'm driving to Boone to test drive a new car when my driver's side front tire goes flat. I'm stuck on the side of Highway 421 in 95 degree heat for two hours while the rental company tries to find me. Finally this, 
Two days later, on July 4th, we're invited to a cookout with friends. My world starts to spin that morning while I'm baking a cake and decorating it with strawberries, vanilla icing, and blueberries. That afternoon, I put my hand over my glass when the pourer comes around with wine. We eat chicken, brushed with homemade sauce and barbecued on a Weber grill. There's potato salad, slaw, raspberry cocktails, and more. That night, when we sit on the hillside above the highway, watching fireworks burst and sizzle above the fairgrounds just outside of town, I know something is terribly wrong. I can barely stand, and walking is difficult. Back home, I hold Bill's arm as he leads me to bed. The next day, he drives me to see my primary care physician who checks my symptoms and listens to my story. I tell her everything from the car wreck to the parking lot incident to the flat tire and the fall, even to the fireworks and the red, white, and blue cake. I expect her to say I've been bewitched or unbeknownst to me, I'm on the set of a reality TV show. Instead, she studies my eyes, has me follow her index finger. I fail two drunk tests for balance. Post-concussion syndrome, she concludes. It's not uncommon for symptoms to delay a couple of weeks. Recovery might be six weeks, might be six months. There's nothing you can do except wait it out, she says. I begin to wait it out. Headaches begin. The dizziness continues in earnest. Some days I can barely stand. Other days I'm so tired I fall asleep shortly after breakfast and lie down again in the afternoon for a nap. Brain fog is constant, neurons mischarging like rogue fireworks during the 4th of July show. By midsummer, I own a new car, thanks to insurance and careful shopping completed before my dizziness began. A Subaru Forester, it sits high off the ground and comes equipped with beeps for every occasion. When something is approaching me from the rear, when I ease over into another lane, when I'm coming too close to the car in front of me, a light on the side mirror tells me if a vehicle is in my blind spot. It seems to be a car made for a person with a concussion because it makes all the decisions for me. <laughs> Except it doesn't keep me focused. It doesn't tell me where I'm going. On Sunday, a week after the dizziness has begun, I head to the grocery store, two easy miles from my house, but I can't make it. I pull over in the Walmart parking lot and ask Bill, riding in the passenger seat, to take over. In the grocery store, I cling to the cart because the conglomeration of food on shelves and people pushing their baskets is such a bombardment of stimulation that I can't keep my eyes open without being dizzy. It's a weird sensation and a frustrating one. The next day, Monday, I drive myself to the DMV office to turn in my old license plate. I'll be fine, I tell Bill, who offers to ride with me but I'm not fine. I can't stay in the lanes. I can't figure out how to get home. I drive 10 miles below the speed limit so I won't make a mistake. It's terrifying. I quit driving. All the rest of the summer, my new car sits in my driveway, gathering leaves and bird droppings while in my house, I wander, searching everywhere, trying to find my way. When my driving abilities haven't returned by late October, my doctor suggests that my trouble is caused not just from the concussion, but from the car smash up at the beginning of the summer. But I wasn't in the car, I say. Doesn't matter, she says. <laughs> it was traumatic, shook you up. There's only one thing she can pres prescribe, 
practice. You just have to get out there and do it. The more you drive, the easier it will be. So I force myself to practice. It never occurs to me to wonder how many other drivers on the road are practicing. <laughs> A thought that might have kept me off the road even longer. I make up errands, a loaf of bread at the grocery, a letter to mail at the post office. But most of the time, I drive around mimicking the Sunday afternoon cruises through the country we'd take when I was a child, windows down, relaxing in the warm sun, though right now, I'm anything but relaxed. I grip the steering wheel with both hands. I begin with familiar roads across the two-lane bridge to the drugstore, through downtown, to the city limit sign, and back. I choose four-lane highways, well-lit, go five miles, turn around, and come home. I drive and drive. In this way, I empty tanks of gas, adding miles to my new car's odometer, but going nowhere. And once again, Luke and Rosemary Skaggs.
Thank you for listening to Crash Radio here on WKXR 94.9 FM. Sponsored by Carolina Classic Cars and produced by Rhino Leap Productions.